Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I'm Bennett Conlon, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick. Jack, we've got an NCAA tournament coming up this week, and there is a JMU team in the event. There is, and there's a good one in the event, one that has the capability to win a few games, go on a little bit of a run, and uh, get JMU Nation pumped up for some postseason action, something we haven't been, um, we haven't seen since football. That sounds right. Is that right? Because basketballs didn't make it. Um, Soccers didn't make it. Men's soccer made it, didn't they? I think they might have got bounced fast, but I still think football was way later. So it would be the most recent one, right? Okay. Yes, and before we really dive into stuff, let's just get this housekeeping out of the way, um, just so I won't forget. Um, Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights and even next season's nfl futures bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino and poker games it's super easy to get started so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use promo code believe that's promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's bet online the website or get on the website using your mobile device or desktop, however you choose. Bet online where the game starts. Speaking of where the game starts, uh, I think we're starting this podcast in lacrosse land. Yes, lacrosse land, as it's known to many. JMU women's lacrosse, uh, one of the, you know, one of the stronger programs that JMU has. Uh, recent national champion. You're saying this so slowly. Everything okay on your end? Are you stalling for something? <laughs> no, I was. Um, I just got lost in a train of thought, and then I remembered <laughs> that I was in a podcast, and I was like, "Wow, I'm moving pretty slow." But they're one of the better teams that uh, that JMU has. The better programs, ten game winning streak. It's a. Uh, they're a good team. It's a really small field, though. I think it's 29 teams for the women and like 18 for the men. So it's hard to hard to win it. So for them to do that recently is really impressive. But to get through anyone, you have to play really well. They opened Friday against UConn, which is a team they saw early in the season, actually in Maryland as well, in a neutral site game. They won 13-7. to So some good things there. They have a lot of players from Maryland slash Baltimore. So I think they'll feel comfortable. If you get through that one, you're – I think you do – Loyola play anyone before that? No, they're a seed, right? I think they just play – maybe I'm wrong, actually. Let me double-check that. Yeah, Loyola plays Mount St. Mary's, but I think that's one that would be kind of a surprising upset. Um, yeah. So if they if they get through UConn, JMU, that is, realistically they're playing number six seed Loyola, Maryland, and that's uh, it's I would say a reasonably favorable draw in terms of like seeds that you might want to see. Yeah, top four seeds are the ones that make it just completely. They get that first round by uh, JMU was beaten out by Stony Brook. For the eight seed, kind of there's some talk that Jamie would potentially get that eight seed and would host that first round. Um, did not happen. But yeah, I think if, if anything was going to break the way it did, I think Loyola Maryland is a is a solid second game. And then depending on that, if they win their first two games down there in Baltimore, they'll play either here we go, Denver, Vermont, or Boston College. And Boston College, as we all know, would be a rematch the 2018 national championship. Yeah, it'd be pretty shocking if Boston College doesn't get that far. Um they're they're insanely good, like a legitimate national title threat. So I would I would be surprised if they if the Eagles don't make it to that point. But that's one that'd be really fun if you're Jamie, you get a chance to, to go against Boston College. I think that mm, you're getting close there to like their ceiling I think in this tournament. Um, yeah. they're playing really well, they're really hot, so you don't want to rule anything out. Um I mean, they beat second seed in Maryland on the road earlier this year. So, could you beat third seed at Boston College? Sure. Kind I, of, kind of shocking. Before we dive into, yeah. can they beat Boston College? Kind of shocking to me. They didn't get that eight seed. 
It was a little, I think the RPI is at like 10. I think the polls have them around like 10. So I think it, it kind of made sense. I think some of the early season results hurt them a little bit. And maybe even a little bit the fact that the CAA isn't very good. So you're not they did get really... in. Oh, wait, but that was the auto bit, I guess. That was yeah, I think it would have been one bit if Jamie was allowed in the tournament. So it was it was a little weaker than it's been some other years, actually. And then you factor in some of those those losses. Like an early season one over Virginia Tech that I think they had the lead in, maybe, and, and yeah. I think might have kind of blown that one. Like that would have helped little things that are here and there would have would have maybe put them into the seeding picture more. But yeah, I mean they like the way they played, I would say the last month or so, they certainly looked the part of a seed, even though they don't have a seed. Yeah. Loyola, Maryland, uh, 18 and one on the season with wins over Johns Hopkins, Penn's, Penn, number 12, Florida, number 10, Princeton. Um, and their lone loss was against number four, Syracuse, by one goal. So Loyola, Maryland, a tough, tough um, team to beat here in the second round. So that'll be really interesting to see. And yeah, Stony Brook checked in at eight. Denver is also technically ranked higher in the RPI than JMU is. That could be a potential um, third round date. Denver's number nine and JMU is 12 in the RPI. There you go. Loyola, Maryland is 10. So kind of shocking yeah. that they got the six seed though. 19 and one was 18 and one. That's a pretty good. Yeah, but their RPI is 10. Resume. Come on, come on. Denver's yeah, a better yeah, RPI yeah. than they are. If we're going to go into RPI talk, which is always riveting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation for sure. I think it's for me the expectation is kind of that they get through UConn again. Yeah, and then a- after that, anything is like fair. It's game. all gravy. Yeah, I think that's that's sort of my thoughts on it. I also have a very hard time seeing North Carolina go down. Like, I mean, it's it's a hard one on that side because they've been just so good this season. Yeah, that it's I think yeah they're eighteen and zero I believe so they've been pretty unbelievable open the year at jmu and 115 to 8 they've got some some scores there that are you know pretty damn impressive in boston college they beat 16 15 on the road so that was i think their closest game one of their closest games of the season but then they also played boston college less than a week ago in the acc championship and beat them by seven so like they're north carolina is freakishly <laughs> good so that's a tough one um if you if you're JMU, you wouldn't see them until the national title. So I think it, the draw is reasonably favorable for them to make a little bit of a run. Uh, UConn's no slouch, but I think having played them, they got a good team. But JMU beat them pretty pretty easily in a time when they weren't playing their best either. So yeah. I think that's a favorable start. I think Loyola was beatable, even though they're 18 and one. They have a, a few close calls when they play ranked teams. So and they um, also played in a weak Patriot League. Weak sauce. So it's it's a decent draw for them. I'm excited about what could happen. I think if they play Boston College, it'd be a really fun one to watch. Um, not necessarily <laughs> expecting them to clip Boston College. Yeah. But you mentioned some of the history there and also the fact um, that like if you're JMU and you're playing a Boston College team that's like one of the best in the ACC, there's not much to lose at that point. Sorry, I uh, an ad just played through my headphones there, and I did not hear a word you said. I assume you said something along the lines of Boston College would be a good game for JMU. I was saying it'd be a fun matchup, and you, if you're JMU, you don't have anything to lose. Yeah, um, you can watch this first game on ESPN Plus. So ditch your Flow Sports subscriptions now and turn those in for ESPN Plus subscriptions. Yeah. Um, you can listen on the Varsity Network. That's a really all I have on lacrosse. There's not a lot of unless you're like consistently watching women's lacrosse every weekend and week out. There's not a lot of information um, to dive in when it comes to learning the full story through stats. Pretty good. Pretty good point. I was playing around a little bit with lacrossereference.com, which is essentially, essentially a, um, it's like Ken Palm, but, but, um, but lacrosse. Oh, okay. That's that's what I assumed. Yep. That's, an interesting one to look through. Although I think there's also a pro version that like, I'm not going to, you're not going to sign up for because yeah, especially at this point in the season. Right. So, um, but it's, it's an interesting one. If you are like a big lacrosse geek or something, and you want some, some data, I think there's uh, maybe some interesting stuff to, to look through. It's got some different type of ratings um, that you can look at. It's got JMU kind of as a top 15 team, which, which checks out with a lot of other metrics as well. So, Awesome. Thank you for yeah. sharing that information. 
Oh yeah, and I think I might go to one of these games. Not not totally sure yet, but if they if they get through UConn, uh, it's only like an hour from me, so I think I may swing up Sunday afternoon, depending on. Ooh, whether. okay. Yeah. So if you're going to the game, uh, be sure to look out for Mr. Bennett Conlin, who will be locked in, probably watching from the top row with a baseball cap on, just so he doesn't get hounded by uh, yeah UVA fans. Who if they um if they do make a deep run, it's it's interesting that they could have four or five games on a way to a national title in Baltimore. Yeah. So that that's a, a worth a note. I guess the road game would be in at Boston College if that or probably at Boston College. But uh yeah, cool for them that they can Baltimore's pretty darn close to Harrisonburg. That's not a very challenging trip for anyone. They're gonna have some some fans there, I would assume. Yeah, a lot closer than what Boston College is. Um yeah. moving on from lacrosse, do you want to hit uh some Diamond Dukes? Yeah, which side do you want to start? You want to Seems do softball tough. diamond? You want to do baseball diamond? Let's go softball. Let's go softball. I mentioned the season being over. Uh, Hannah Shiflett is the CA Player of the Year. Lauren Burnett was named to the CA First Team, which I thought was a nice honor for her. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the future. <laughs> I think we need to learn a little more. I want to say Kayla Bozeman had posted that. Um, I know she's a Richard Jr. I didn't sound like she was coming back based off of a Twitter post that she had today. Okay. Um, so like that kind of stuff's gonna be interesting to see who comes back. I think Hannah Shiflett's got a year if she wants it. Um, don't know if she wants to spend that here, if it's a similar situation to like Sarah Jubis or something where she um could go somewhere else yeah. depending on major and stuff like that. Although I think she's yeah, she's business management. So um Jamie does have like business related things, but she's you also would, real close. She's also uh I think she wanted to play at UVA. Um coming out of high school. I don't think they recruited her. I think she's from there and they do have a pretty wild, uh, uh, post like, uh, what is it? Master's business program. So I don't know. Maybe she goes, goes to UVA. That's pure <laughs> speculation, but I could see her. I could see her the way she played this year. It was hitting like 400. I could see if she wanted to play power five, she probably could, especially in ACC. Where'd you get that information that she wanted to go UVA? But uh... I want to say, it was either I think it was probably the interview with Dave Riggert she did a few weeks back. Okay, I think she had she was on there for like twenty minutes. It was a really interesting conversation, but she hadn't decided at that time if she's coming back or what. Um, that was just me purely speculating because UVA is better at softball now, and she would certainly play for them. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what the the veterans do because they have a young team. But if they can have any of those veterans come back, I know that would be be helpful. But like Bermudez is graduating and not playing again. Um, and it looked like Caleb Bozeman might move on too. So I guess the other one in that group is really just Hannah Schiffler. I think everyone else would would be on on par to come back. So interested to see what the roster looks like going into the Sun Belt. You know what I'm really interested to see the roster looking like next year? Football. Baseball after you like they I did fire that? Eikenberry. Let's talk about baseball. They're on a three-game winning streak. Cool. Do you think they're back? No. They're on a three-game winning streak. After having three games postponed, oh wait, and they just made them up probably because of rain. Duh, Jack. Sorry. Yeah, those were that kind of funny because <laughs> it was like it rained up the whole East Coast, and that's like Towson's reasonably close to me, and it was just like pouring. And they're like, "We're gonna play a doubleheader on Saturday," and I was like, "No, you're not. Like, it's gonna <laughs> rain all day." And then Saturday, they're like, "We'll do it tomorrow." <laughs> so they, but they only played two in that series, and they had their three game winning streak goes back to not getting swept at Presbyterian. So. Uh, they got three against Hofstra. They played Tuesday evening in College Park. Yep. Maryland's yep. 20 and two at home this year. So could be a challenge for them. Probably will uh, be. And then they wrap it up with a three game set against UNCW yeah. back at home. Let me, um, uh, let me pull up the RPI. I want you to guess their RPI. Okay. While you're pulling that up, uh, it is worth mentioning Chase DeLotter is out for the rest of the season. He will not play again in the spring. In the, yeah, I guess the spring. Uh, probably he probably will not be playing in a Cape Cod league. He won't be playing in a summer league, nothing like that. He's focused 100% on the draft. There is some speculation on Twitter from a few fans that if he maybe fell into like the second or third round, would he debate coming back? Um, no, he probably won't. That's, that's life altering money. That's uh, if you're a high round draft pick, you're probably going to be looked upon favorably by your organization. Um, now if he falls to like the 15th round, maybe he comes back. Um, but Chase Delato, we've probably seen him suit up for the last time in a Jamie uniform and, uh, Travis Reef Snyder 
uh, changed his number to 22 to honor Lauren Burnett uh, to finish out this season. Yeah. Yes. That's a, a really good catch and a good note. Yeah. The, the major league baseball draft is super weird. Um, yeah. It's stupid. Cause he's like, a junior if, and he can turn down being drafted and play for one more year and then get, yeah, I forgot how rights work and yeah. And the signing bonuses are super weird with like which slot you're in. But if he's like an early round pick, it yeah. makes sense for him to like cash in on the fact that he had a really great summer one time in the Cape Cod league, which is like why he's being recruited so heavily. Right. I think some JMU fans kind of assume it's uh, maybe what he's done at JMU. And we had uh, Carlos Colazzo on from baseball America. who was like, no, it's pretty much just the Cape <laughs> when he was going up against like better competition and played really well as nobody cares about like what he did in the RCBL or so, what he did in the CAA. Yeah. He was batting 400, but it right. was against non MLB arms where in the Cape Cod league, you're literally facing at worst single A pitchers. It's also a draft that doesn't have the same level of like NFL style or even NBA style um, mock drafts or analysts to get a real good idea of where people <laughs> yeah. are going. So a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, I'm sure he's still a high first round pick. Like there was some stuff when he was still healthy that was saying that he wouldn't be because of his swing. Like Keith Law had an article on The Athletic that was kind of like roasting his motion. <laughs> it was like, ah, I don't see it in the first round. So. Uh, I don't think that's a lock, but I think he's going to go early enough and someone's going to love the fact that he's 6'6", 230 and can mash and say, all right, let's take a shot on this guy early. He can – I think Carlos was saying he's a good five-tool guy. Like mm-hmm. he can do a little bit of everything. He might not be the the most elite batter in the box against better competition. He might not be elite at everything, but he's good at everything. And that in and of itself a team will fall in love with and – whole draft yeah and you try to develop them and yeah see what happens there's also baseball is also just weird in general where you can draft a guy and he might not see the majors seven until seven years down the road like (laughs) right (laughs) or like ever like it's crazy how how it works but i i would guess that he's going to take the paycheck yes and um if he doesn't he's kind of stupid that's what i was going to say too is like they're like Sunbelt could boost his stock like ah, or he could struggle or get hurt again and like really tank his stock. So I think at a certain point you take what you can get yeah, and just go try to make something happen in the minors, but he'll, he'll make some good money. And yeah, it, it was pretty clear for a while. Once he was like, if he, if he wanted to come back, I think he might've tried harder to like come back, come back year. from the broken foot and start to. Yeah. So I, my guess is that he's completely focused on, on the draft. Like you said, so guessing their RPI, I'm going to guess it is 91. 98. Yeah, that's not good. No, they're not like on the bubble. Like they're, <laughs> not, they're not in the conversation. And who do they have? They've got Hofstra, which is sitting at 174. So those, even if you get those road wins, is not doing much. UNCW is at 118. Here's the thing. They're not making the tournament. They, uh, they're not the last four out. They're not even the next four out. Um, they're probably not even next, next, next four out. Yeah, it's it's a, a bad league. They're six games above 500. They missed out on what we've talked about before, some like potentially huge season-altering wins, Tennessee, just, Maryland. Just how do you almost get swept by Presbyterian? I know they're – what's Presbyterian's RPI? Hit me with that. That's a good question. Presbyterian checks in at 165. That's terrible that they almost got Can't swept. Happen. Just cannot happen. I don't I don't care anything else about this season. I think it's time to let my I, do not renew Eikenberry for another one year. Don't give him two years. It's time to move off. If the program suffers, the program suffers, but I think the promise of hope is better than mediocrity. I don't even think it's going to suffer, really. I mean, that's just my guess. Is they've got season ends on May twenty first. My guess is that pretty soon after they do make a move, that just and I've also seen fans are like, "This is the best season in recent memory." That's not good. This is a bad season. You can't look at me in the face and what's Quinnipiac's RPI? (laughs) What happened in those games? The Quinnipiac. I don't even remember. They all they. It's lose a double header or something. They lost the first game and then destroyed that. Well, lost game one, eight, two, one game, two, six, four, and then blew them out 19 to one. Yeah. That's one you like, those are the kind of things like if you want to get renewed, right? You got to like sweep that. They're two fifty three. That's terrible. And you lost a game to them at home. Yeah. I mean like th- those are the kind of things that 
that sort of kill you a little bit, right? Like they had the that good start. And then like going to Tennessee, like that's one where you had one game you could have gotten the other two, you kind of got, or the other one you got smacked, go get it. Or like, and then you got a double header against Moorhead state where they blew you out both times. Like there's what's just, Moorhead state's RPI. 153. That's like, terrible. <laughs> it just can't happen, you know? And then like a Virginia tech win and people are like, Oh, it shows the talent, which it does, but you can't have the other results given past season. Like this had to be a really good year. And it's, yes, it's and- just like, a, it's a fine year. They're fine. And you go one and one in the first two games against Winthrop in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Then it takes 11 innings for you to win the third game to win the rubber match. Like there's so much of this where I think the talent shows through against VMI. You win 28 to four fairly Dickinson. You win 15 to five. Um, And then another one in that series, 12 to two, you destroy Mason 14 zero. These are all early season things like against for the most part against bad teams. You're beating up on them. You're letting the talent show through. But in the games where you need good coaching or, you know, it's the spot, as people say, like you need better coaching. You'd be, you need – I don't know what it is, but I just don't think Eikenberry is it if JMU wants to be a top-tier mid-major baseball program. Yeah, it's a competitive state too. Like there's some good mid-major baseball. There's some good high-major baseball. I mean, they haven't won 40 games since 2011 when they won 42. It's also the last time they won 35. Like since – since 2000, they've won 35 games. Well, like from 2000 to 2010, they had won pretty – I mean, there was only a couple seasons when they weren't winning 30 games. Like that was a consistent thing. And now it's like, oh, 30 games, that's the best season in a while. And I think they just kind they of – They haven't even hit 30 games. I would not – like they need to win four of their <laughs> final seven. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's fair. They might they not even hit 30 yet. It might not There's a good chance it. they don't hit 30. There's a good chance they don't hit 30. I think that it will get, it'll be close. It'll be like 29 or 30 <laughs> is my guess. So because the Maryland's a loss. So then you have six probably. games to win four. You have to win 67% of your games. And they've struggled on the road. Three of them are against Hofstra. Three of them are against a comparable UNCW team that is playing for seeding in the CAA where you're not like. It's going to Here, be here's, here's the bet. Do you bet they hit 30 wins or do you think they go under? If I had to bet, I would take the under. So would I, yeah. Yeah, just because four, <laughs> four of them on the road, the fact that they haven't shown – like on the road, they show a real jarring lack of consistency. Like Towson sucks. Like, and they were in a couple – like, I mean, they won the games, but it's like, I don't know. There's just so many times where they play a bad team, and I'm like, this is where we'll get the sweep and get it going. And then it's like, oh, Presbyterian clipped in twice. <laughs> like, they might get swept. They, uh, um, they're 16-5 and five at home, really solid record. They're 10 and 15 away from Veterans Memorial Park. They have played some better teams on the road. So there's some of that where it's like, all right, they had a couple at Tennessee and three of four state and that kind of stuff. But at and the same time, Presbyterian. at the same time, what they beat Virginia Tech at home, like they've been so good at home and just, just haven't had that consistency. There's just too many games in there where if you, you want to, you know, renew the coach who's on a contract year, I feel like you needed to get some of them and they didn't. So we've talked about that quite a lot but yeah i think it's one that i don't know if there's anything he can do really even if he wins the last seven i don't know that they get in the tournament and then at that point what would they be they'd be 33 and 20 is 33 and 20 enough for another year i'm afraid it would be but as a fan as someone who wants to have good jamie baseball i don't want that nothing eikenberry has done this season has convinced like he's a good coach don't get me wrong but I don't think he's the coach to take this team to the next level. It's also kind of like the Lewis Rowe thing, right? Where it's like, if they get eight of their last 10, Mount Lewis gets hot, something <laughs> happens. They go into the city tournament hot. They make the NCAA tournament. They get a 14 seed, scare the three seed, beat them. We're in the second round, Lewis Rowe. And then instead <laughs> they would just lose the last 10 and get like smoked yeah. at home by Elon. <laughs> so it's one of those where it's like, if they win the last seven, what's going to happen is they'll probably like get swept again by Hofstra. So it's uh, <laughs> a fun hypothetical. But I, I think that it's uh, it's probably going to be time. And if it's not time, I would be pretty fascinated by the explanation as to what Jeff Warren thinks will happen to make the team good. If it's not time and they sign him to another one-year deal, that's just terrible. Terrible. I don't think it's happening. I think he's, he's he wants baseball I think he's, to be good. I, I do too. But like, imagine if that happens. That's just bad. 
Also pretty easy hot despire. I mean, hmm. Whoa, <laughs> I love a good hot despire. <laughs> pretty easy spot to hire. Oh, that's what you meant. Like, okay. uh, yep. As a team in um, in Virginia and a place that cares about baseball, moving into the Sun Belt, like it seems like a pretty easy spot where you could get like a a talented assistant or a lower level head coach would be like, yes, I would absolutely love to, you know, make yeah. whatever it is, a couple hundred thousand or whatever, and and coach in Harrisonburg in a budding mid major league, a couple hundred thousand. But yeah, I, I, it would probably be it would probably be like a hundred something. What does Ike make? Great question. Let I'll me look see. It up on the uh, the brief salary it's calculator. Probably not updated at all. It's not very updated. <laughs> I've done this in a while. I got to do that. Uh, one hundred ten thousand. So I would hope they might pay more for that, depending on the person. But yeah, live like a king in Harrisburg for a hundred thousand. Okay, real quick before we get up on out of here, I want you to guess the salaries of each coach. These are from <laughs> fall of twenty twenty one. What? Who? Are, okay. Okay, lacrosse of of lacrosse. Uh, one hundred thirty. Yep, correct. One hundred thirty three. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, softball. Lauren Laporte. She. I bet she's less. I bet she's like fall of twenty twenty one. Yeah. So it should be after the college world series, then, right? Yes. She's still probably like one hundred ten. Ninety seven. That's that's ridiculous that she's not making Kurt Signetti. This is interesting because it probably doesn't include doesn't include incentives or any so of the like. Base I bet there's, salary. I wonder if there's booster nonsense. Yeah, yeah. There's base 100%. salary. Base salary. Three fifty. Four fifty nine. Four fifty nine. Okay, base is higher then. Um, that's not terrible. I'm not going to pronounce her in the last name correctly. Women's tennis. Uh, 80. 78. Yeah, pretty good. Who's women's <laughs> – who's Tommy Baker? Yeah, Tommy Baker. He's probably similar. I would say he's in like a 75,000 range. 67. Come on. Give my, <laughs> give my guys a raise. Um, any other coaches you want to know? That makes sense though. Um. Oh, Coach O. Do, do basketball. Um. Let's go Byington yeah. first. Byington. Oh my God. <laughs> Which way? Oh my God. Two, <laughs> 250. 393. Ooh, <laughs> pretty good. I bet uh, Coach O is probably closer to 250. Coach O is 243. Yeah. That's interesting. Jeez Louise, man. Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense. That you're really living like a king. <laughs> well, there's a reason why Coach O was driving it. I'm not Coach. Yeah, no. Coach Rowe was driving an Infinity QX80. The nicest of all cars. <laughs> the nicest of all the Infinity models. Um, <laughs> any other coaches you want to know? I don't know. What else we got? That's interesting. Soccer? Or the Soccers? How do you spell their last names? Josh Walters. Walters would be interesting. I bet Walters is 92. Close. 93. That was really close. <laughs> I don't Come know how on. to spell the men's soccer. Oh, it's like Zazinski or something, yeah. right? <laughs> Tell me how to spell that. Z A Z E N. Okay, got it. Guess. I, he's probably more, so he's probably 111. 97. Only 5,000 more. Interesting stuff. All right. Gender pay cap. I guess that's not right. It's just the sports, it's not right. the gender. Yeah, yeah. That's not right. <laughs> okay. Good try. Good try. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you got to add? No. I uh, I don't know what our schedule will be. We'll probably have some lacrosse updates in the future, and then maybe we'll, uh, we'll ease into a summer break or something. Yeah, follow along at JMU Sports News on Twitter. Um, it's been a fun year. We'll, we'll just have random podcasts throughout, so keep it tuned to at JMU Sports News for any updates when we ask for questions, things like that. Um. And also, if you enjoy the podcast, oh yeah, we always forget to say this: subscribe, rate, tell your friends, all of that. Wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple, um, Breaker, Overcast, Podbean, I think is something. Wherever you listen, give us a rate, give us a follow, give us a subscribe, um, and check us our check out our home on the web: www.jmusportsnews.com. Heck yeah. Hopefully more stuff will be 
getting posted there. We'll is fire some stuff in there soon. With football starting back up, it will, we'll start having football breakdown, positional yeah. breakdowns, things like that. Positional breakdowns like we've done in the past few years. Um, so looking forward to all of that, Bennett. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Computer science professor makes uh, $115,000. For Bennett You're, Conlin, you're telling name... me that he's almost doubling up our <laughs> women's golf coach? That is a travesty. For Bennett Conlin, my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.